Welcome back to the other side of 45 Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Black. This podcast is about chasing, taking chances, owning my mistakes, addressing generational family trauma and curses, completing my 50-50s by 50 list, and my life as a single empty nursery. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Please subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Oh, and leave a great review. This episode, I'm going to talk about mental health. Since July is BIPOC Mental Health Month, formerly known as B.B. Moore Campbell National Men- Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, Mental Health America um, is doing this awareness for BIPOC Mental Health Month. And I want to do my part, so I'm going to share my story. My last solo episode entitled The Plan of the Ugly Dress in 2019, I shared some personal information about my mental health struggles. It was difficult for me, and it brought up memories that I had not thought about in decades. And I was telling my daughter about the memories that resurfaced, and she encouraged me to share more on the podcast. So here we go. Now, that last episode went kind of deep, dark. So this episode, I'm going to talk about some things, but it's not going to be as deep and dark because when I tell you it took me some time to process, it really did. And I'm not sure that I'm really fully ready to share some of those more deeper things. So, uh, but this is still about my mental health and some of the struggles. So let's just dive right in. So in that last episode, my last solo episode, I talked about I went to see a therapist in 2020. And I also talked about, well, I mentioned very briefly that embarrassing mother was a concern for me because it it was just something you didn't do. You did not embarrass her. So in this episode, I want to dig a little deeper. So my therapy session, I'm going to tell you, y'all know I don't remember certain things, but I don't remember what we were talking about. But I mentioned in our discussion that I was not attractive. I don't know what exact words I said, but that was what it boiled down to is I made a comment. I'm not sure what I said, but the gist of it was that I said that I was not attractive. Now, my therapist was doing her job, and so she tried to address this fly-by-night comment, and she tried to uplift me by saying something to the effect that I shouldn't feel this way. Now, look, before you send me a message, don't, just please don't. Because um, I'm going to tell you what I told her. I said, at my age, I don't need my ego stroked. And it is unnecessary to, quote, unquote, build me up with affirmations. Because, believe it or not, I am comfortable with the skin I'm in. And just because I don't believe I'm as attractive as most doesn't mean I'm not comfortable in my skin. I'm good. Because I want you to think about it this way. You know, all the body positivity that you're seeing, and there are a lot of women who are embracing their full figure bodies, and they understand that they may weigh more than most, or I mean others, but man, they are loving the skin that they are in, and they're doing so unapologetically. And that's where I like to think that I am. I'm in that point. I recognize it where, as far as attractive is concerned, and I'm okay, it's like, whatever. So, but when it comes to my children, my daughters, I tell them all the time that they are beautiful because I actually believe it. And I also have said to them that I believe that the beauty gene skipped me. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to explain why I'm comfortable and accepting who I am and how I look. Okay, so hopefully you'll get it. So I used to say, and I probably have said it still. I was just say I say <laughs> to be in our family, you need thick skin. Cause honey, my family can be brutal. And when so when you grow up with the people who should love you the most, calling you names, as you get older, you get desensitized and it doesn't bother you. And I believe that's where I am. Now let's be clear. I don't agree with degrading or name calling. Don't I don't think that you should do that. And I do check my family when they speak that way to my girls or when they talk about my girls in a degrading manner or if they do, if they have, if they call them names. I check them because, honey, I don't care who you are. You're not going to mess with my kids. So, and I, I think it's important that we're careful with our words, especially when it comes to talking to children. Speaking of children, I will tell you a story. Um, one of my first memories, and I'm saying one of my first, because like I said, a lot of stuff came up um, when I talked about on my last solo episode, a lot of memories came up. Anyway, one of my first memories of being called a name when I was six or younger, I know I was that young because my great grandparents were still living and my mother had not yet joined the cult. And she joined when we were eight. And I say we, because most people know I have a twin sibling. However, this, in this podcast, I won't always refer to say us, I'll say me, because this is not her story, this is mine. But anyway, so I say I was six or younger, and we were still in the church, so we were on our way to church, and we had stopped at my great-grandparents' house to pick them up, or do something with them, I don't know. But anyway... Uh, we were sitting, we were some, whomever was driving, I, I want to say it was my grandmother, or it could have been my aunt, I'm not sure, I was really young. But anyway, we were sitting in the car waiting, we were sitting outside the house, and I mean, mother looked at me, apparently my nose was not clean, and she got a, a Kleenex, probably a napkin, I don't know, and she referred, to, and she, she went to clean my nose, and she referred to me, well, I guess my nose, as booger town city that's what she called me man I was so embarrassed because <laughs> everyone in the car laughed um, but the thing about it is that nickname you know it stuck with me for a little while they called me that on a regular basis for a while so that was my one of my first memories and it was it was very common in my family for the adults to laugh at us children to call us names very very common um, I've been called many names in my family um, I I believe that my family were the first people to call me names. <laughs> there were nicknames, or yeah, I'll just not really nicknames. There were names, tauntings um, that they used to pick on me from my hair to my feet. If it was a body part, or if I owned it, they had a name for it, and they made fun of it in one way or another. But I guess. For me, it wasn't, I'm trying to make um, memories out of lemonade. I mean, 
lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> I guess it was a life lesson because I am a bit paranoid about my nose being critter free. I like to use the term critter free versus the term they used back in the day. Um, and you know, I really am very paranoid about um, talking to somebody and then finding out later that my nose wasn't clean. I know it's it's silly, but now you know why. I'm gonna move on because that's pretty gross. So I'm gonna talk about my attractiveness. So my mother is pretty. She has beautiful hazel eyes that she. I, I, I say she got it from my grandfather, but it's not true because my grandfather's eyes were gray. Very, very beautiful gray eyes. My grandfather had very beautiful gray eyes. My mother has very beautiful, striking hazel brown eyes. It's one of the first things that most people notice about her. Now, me, on the other hand, I was not so fortunate. I have called myself ugly many times, many times. I mean, so many times I can't even count. And it makes my girls angry. And I, I want to say I tried to stop or that I stopped, but um, I've had to work on that. Because the girls, they don't understand or they didn't understand in the way I meant it that I was accepting my looks and I wasn't, I didn't look at it as putting myself down. I still don't look at it as that. But anyway, they do. And so I, I do try to avoid that type of language. So let me tell you how I upgraded it. I upgraded, and I think I've said it on this podcast before, I've upgraded it to say that I have the perfect face for a podcast. Okay, but then, like, <laughs> I started, I'm starting to do video podcasts, so whatever. And then relative, and speaking of when I was growing up and some of the negative things that were said to me, a relative said to me, and I won't say the relationship, um, she said to me when I was a child that she was like, you know, that I was an ugly baby. And so it was more like, mm, my goodness, you were an ugly baby. I mean, you look better now. <laughs> I just, I just remember that. And, and it wasn't one time. The fact that, or the thought in my family that I was an ugly baby was just common. You know, people said it all the time. It was just something, as a very young person growing up as a child, um, I just accepted, you know, that I was an ugly baby. And there are pictures of me as a baby. And, you know, I don't really know how I take it because, I mean, I've always been told I was an ugly baby. So when I see the pictures, I don't know that I'm that up front and say, oh, I was ugly, or if I look at myself that way, I've never really commented or even really thought about it until now, whether or not I felt like I was ugly. And, and it doesn't really matter because I'm not a baby anymore. Um, but it wasn't just, like I said, I, it was said, it was more like, I want to say a common thing, you know, that's just how they felt. Um, so I grew up knowing that or believing that I was an ugly baby and that I was looking better, <laughs> just never pretty. And as a matter of fact, um, I remember mother being asked point blank, did she think that I was pretty? And she took a long pause and she said, well, I think you look okay. And she just put her hand up. You remember like back in the day, we do a little, the little hand, like, you th I think you look okay. But then is what she said after that. She, she said that, she pointed out a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Nicole, and she said I, that she wished that we looked, oh, I don't want to bring my twin sibling, but anyway, that we looked like 
this one person. So that that was really difficult for me because this was a really good friend of mine and I knew that my mother wanted me to look like that and that who I was was not good enough for her. Um, I mean, and she tried. Um, and, and I know, ouch, and that's harsh. And I'll admit that knowing that she wished that I was pretty, it was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow as a young girl. And I also felt like I was a burden and unwanted and an embarrassment. Now, I've discussed before that mother didn't want me. And I'll talk more about the feelings of being a burden to her on a later podcast. But anyway, the name calling, the fear of embarrassing mother, being told that I was ugly and that she wished I looked like someone else. You know what? I get it. It it shows up in my life. It showed up when I was raising my children. Like, for instance, I wouldn't take pictures. And my oldest noticed it when she moved into a dorm. And she was like, you know, everybody's putting up pictures of them and their parents. And I don't, I don't have a picture of us. I mean, there are not zero pictures, but there are very few pictures of me and the girls. And the thing is, when I was growing up, I hated taking pictures because we were forced to do family pictures. I just hated it. I mean, if you're old enough, you may remember older males. I'm not even sure if they're still around. And mother had this plan, and it's like every few months she had to take pictures. So we were always taking pictures. And then we would get the pictures back, and then she would, oh, don't like this. Why do you do that? So I, I never, ever, ever got over that. I never liked taking pictures. Even today, I don't like taking pictures. Um, but I will say this, and you know, I said in in the intro that I'm owning my mistakes. To me, that's a mistake. I know that that was wrong. And I, if I could do that over, I would, because I do regret not taking more pictures. And the thing about it is you can't undo it. So if you're listening and you know, you're you're like me, you don't like taking pictures, I will ask that you reconsider. Think about the future because you might take some pictures that you might not particularly care for, it's not very flattering. So you might don't put them up. You know, you have the you'll have the option because you have all these pictures, but if you don't take the pictures then you you don't have any options. You have nothing. Now I do take more pictures now. Like if you go to my Instagram you'll see me sharing my fitness journey on Instagram and you can see I make sure that I'm in the pictures now. Now it is from the neck or shoulders up, (laughs) but it's me nonetheless. And that feeling that I wasn't pretty enough, you know, it was hard because I, I felt like I was an embarrassment to mother. Um, because she, she was looking at other people and thinking, why am I not having kids that look like this? Or we'll say a child. But anyway, so going back to my last episode, when I shared the story about the young man and the cult that ended his life and mother's reaction being how embarrassed his family must be. Now, we understand, I hope you understand that, of course, she was projecting. Those people never said those things. That was her projecting her feelings, like how she would feel if we had done that to her, which is one of the reasons why I made sure that that was not something I thought about as long as I was living with her. But discussions of us embarrassing her, was it was very common in the household. And I knew that she expected us to behave and look presentable. 
And when we didn't, she let us know. Now, that in itself is can take like 20 freaking episodes because there were so many instances where we did not meet those standards and the repercussions were horrible. And I knew that she was very disappointed that we somehow, that we embarrassed her by doing one thing or another. And I'll talk about that more on the podcast, but just for today, um, that pressure, um, when I was in the cult and raising the girls, I still had that pressure and that same concept that she did, don't be embarrassing. And so I, I understand that how, <clears throat> excuse me, how I was raised and how I look at myself, excuse me, is a direct reflection on how I was raised. Like take bathroom mirrors, take mirrors for instance. I avoid them. Yep, I avoid mirrors. I don't, I'm not afraid of mirrors, but I do avoid them. When I moved into my condo, there were no mirrors in the bathroom. And I knew, okay, I knew that wasn't gonna work for the girls, but they were teenagers. So not only, so of course for them, I put a, we put a mirror in their bathroom, but they also have full length mirrors because they're very beautiful, great bodies, and they love looking at themselves. And they should, you know, everybody should be looking at full length mirrors at me. <laughs> but yes, for you ask, if you're wondering, there is a mirror in my bathroom. Now, do I look at it? <sighs> Not really. I mean, I use the mirror for the purpose. I use them to make sure that I am not looking like a toad, but I'm not one of them that's going to glare in the mirror. You know, I think that there are times, honestly, if you can, if you can comprehend this, that I am actually staring or looking in the mirror, but I don't actually see myself. So like if I'm brushing my teeth, I'm looking at it just to look at my teeth. I'm looking for my my hair. I'm just looking at it from my hair. I'm not really looking at me, despite my song. I know y'all think it, but you love it. Okay, but y'all know. Anyway, but even when I'm in stores, if I walk by a mirror, sometimes, sometimes, I'm a little hesitant to look at it. And then there are days that, times that I don't look at it at all and I'll avoid it. So if I see a mirror, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not even going to look that way. In my head, I don't say it out loud. So before you think, she's contradicting herself. She's not comfortable in the skin she is. I am. I'm not contradicting so I am very comfortable with my looks. I've accepted my looks. I just don't see the need to keep looking in the mirror. Because when I look in the mirror, I don't say, oh my God, I'm so ugly. I mean, some, uh, I ain't gonna say never say it. But that's not what I do. It's not like if I see it in myself in the mirror, I'm like, oh my God. But I do have negative feelings about my size and my clothes. And I haven't really, honestly, I haven't really been into... Uh, my outer appearance like I was when I was younger before I had children and of course like I said it was imperative that we looked right when we were um, children growing up but you know being a single mom and living in survival mode for so long it actually changed how I operate and my focus was making sure that the girls look great. Because I just didn't want it, that to be another thing that they had to deal with. They were already in an area where they were mostly, everybody living in two family household and they were already going to be the kids who had a single mom, who had a mom who worked. And so I just I just thought, you know what, if they can look great. Now I was very frugal and I bought their stuff on clearance, but 
I wanted to make sure they look right. So because I was in survival mode and sometimes struggling with money, that didn't leave a lot of money or time for me to focus on me and the way I look. And so I kind of got used to that over the years. Um, but look, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect. And I know that I have a long way to go. And I hope that one day that a mirror won't make me want to run away. I'm just kidding. I hate running. I ain't nobody running nowhere. I do hate running too. But okay, look, on my road to 50, the big five, you know, who knows? You know, maybe I'll do a photo shoot. But I mean, that's not on my list. It's not even a goal. But you know, who knows? I don't know who, who I will be when I'm 50. I'm working on that. But regardless, I know these things. I know I have more work to do, and that's okay. It's okay to know that you have more work to do on yourself. And that I'm I am going to do the work. Because y'all know who my girl is. And like MJB, Mary J. Blige says to the theme song for my life. And now y'all about to see why I like this the lyrics. I like what I see when I'm looking at me, when I'm walking past the mirror. Don't stress through the night. At a time of my life, ain't worried about it if you feel it. Got my head on straight. I got my vibe right. Ain't gonna let you kill it. You see, I went and changed my life. My life's just fine. All right, so meet me on the other side of Fort Vista Podcast, the website, Instagram. New episodes will be released every Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please don't forget to rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts so others can find it on all, all platforms now. Um, and I really do appreciate your feedback and your support. So now the next episode is from my Gen X versus Z series. So we're going to be talking to Gen Z representative, the Bougie Canvas, and we're going to be discussing life after high school. The first episode, first episode has already been recorded. It will air on August 1st, Monday, August 1st at 5 a.m. And we're going to be talking with um, rising college senior Destiny. She's going to share uh, what life is like after high school for her. So this gonna it's a fun, lighthearted episode. I've got lots more students and um, young people to talk to uh, that you're going to hear from them. And hopefully we'll be able to reach some people. Um, and I actually hope that you're enjoying both series, my solo episodes and my X versus Z episode. Until next time, have a great day.